Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about Jennifer Gardner and my newest edition of The Sexy Saturday. Now, let's be fair. Jennifer Gardner, I don't think, is necessarily classically beautiful, but she does have a couple of characteristics that I do like. Gardner seems like a sweet woman. She seems like a nice woman. And sometimes when you look at celebrities, you don't get that feeling. I mean, there's obvious ones that you can just tell are just pretty horrible people to be married to. Someone like Mariah Carey, I think you can tell would be a nightmare to be married to. But Garner seems like, like a sweet girl from Houston, Texas, who is still pretty down to earth and pretty grounded and has some equanimity. And I like that about her. She seems like she'd be a good wife. Not to mention she's nice on the eyes. Garner, still at her age, and I believe well, she's like 46 now or so. I think she's 51, actually. She still looks great. But we're talking about peak Garner, which I would say in terms of her looks would be in the 2000s. And Jennifer Garner just has a cute look to her. She has a sweet look. The way she's always dressed, the way she comports herself, all that would suggest that she's, a, she's kind of a sweet woman. And I like my women... Of course, virtue signaling, slender, typically blonde brunette, and they give off the um, sweet and cute and not overly sexy. And Garner kind of fits that. She also fits on the large majority of her roles. And you've seen the older that she gets, she kind of gears more toward family films, films that typically don't do well in the box office. But are kind of like what Mark Wahlberg's doing. We'll do a video on Wahlberg, how Wahlberg has really pivoted and it's kind of eschewed as his earlier racer stuff to embrace more Christian content. And that is his plan as he's moved to Las Vegas uh, permanently with his family to do more Christian content. So as I mentioned, Garner is uh, from Houston, Texas. She was born there, but she moved to West Virginia. And later on, she went to school and she did do her do digs, doing summer stock and all these things. Eventually she got her, I guess you could say her her first big break would be on being on Felicity. Felicity was a show that has Carrie Russell as the lead. And she did that show. And it was in that show that she met her first husband, Scott Foley, who you would recognize if I could show you his picture, which I cannot, alas, given that this is a podcast. But she did Felicity for a little while, and that, I think, parlayed her into getting more well-known stuff, such as Dude, Where's My Car? The classic slacker movie with Ashton Kutcher. And I don't remember seeing her. I think the first time I recognize her for, oh, this is Jennifer Garner, is probably from the TV show Alias, if I have to think about it. But she did Pearl Harbor. She had a small role opposite Kate Beckinsale. She played Sandra. I don't remember her that, as I mentioned. 
And then she did play Catch Me If You Can. She's the prostitute in Catch Me If You Can, the, the, the escort that Leo's character hires. And to be honest, I think that's a good example of how Garner cannot pull off sexy because she's beautiful right there in that in that scene where he keeps telling her how much he's going to pay and she keeps telling him it needs to be more and more and more. But she doesn't come off sexy. And you look at that movie also has peak peak Amy Adams playing his future fiance. And also it has, has Elizabeth Banks. And I think in retrospect, Amy Adams, if you've seen her in, in movies like... Um, in the movie Wedding Date with Deborah Messing, she plays the sisters cheating on, uh, cheating with her ex-boyfriend. And she also can pull off kind of mean sexy in, well, of course, Cruel Intentions number two. But I, I just think Garner, Garner in American Hustle, she's very sexy too. I just don't think Garner pulls off the sexy in that movie. Either way, she gets Daredevil, which is the superhero movie that has Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck actually met her while doing Pearl Harbor because she had a small role there. But they reunite doing uh, Daredevil. Now, at this time, he's still with J-Ho, and they don't get together. But with the combination of Alias, and now she's moving up to doing movie roles, uh, this culminates, I think, in 13 Going on 30, which is probably going to be her most iconic movie. This essentially is a ripoff of Tom Hanks's Big where she's 13 and then she wakes up being 30. And she's very winning in that movie. You know, she does the thriller dance. You have Mark Ruffalo as her, her opposite her lead. And, and again, Ruffalo, man, what a, what, a, what a sad career. He was like this indie darling and then he just turned into the Hulk for the last 15 years. So it's a great movie. That's her iconic role. Then she does Electra, which is essentially a sequel off Daredevil. And the movie was not that great, but she's, she's great in it. And then around that time, she ends her role on Alias, which is probably, I think she'll be remembered for Alias being married to Ben Affleck in 13 going on 30. So she ends her run on Alias in 2006. Then she does some movies that are not that memorable. Catch and Release is that Kevin Smith movie. Juno, she plays the, the, the mother, the anticipated mother of, I guess, Elliot Page, who we call Elliot Page's child. Then she does Ghost of Girlfriend's Pass with All Right, All Right, All Right. That movie's not that good, but she plays the typical role of the, the sweet girlfriend. Then she does Invention of Lying. Invention of Lying has Ricky Gervais at kind of his peak after coming off the British office. And it's a movie where no one can lie. And so he figures out that he can lie to get what he wants, and she's the love interest. And there's some funny scenes. She's like, I would never date you. You're fat. You're unattractive. You're broke. Da, da, da. But eventually they start dating. Then she does Valentine's Day, which is those you know really bad ensemble movies. We said we had Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, all these really bad movies. She does the redo of Arthur, starring Russell Brand, and that movie didn't do that well. Then she's in Dallas Buyers Club with All Right, All Right, All Right again, and she plays a role on that. Of course, that's the movie. I wanted to let you know about break. some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is. The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. So she does Dallas Buyers Club. Then she does Draft Day. Draft Day is the Kevin Costner movie where he is an NFL general manager who needs to negotiate during the day the big tense thing of how to get the right players. And and she has a, a thankless role as the girlfriend. So, I mean, she doesn't really do much there. Then you start seeing her go into the, the mother roles as she's entering her 40s. So she does Alexander in the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. It's a family movie, Miracles from Heaven. She does Mother's Day, which is another ensemble. Happening in Monumental Proportion, Tries of Palos Verde, Love, Simon. And she does Peppermint. Peppermint is a movie where essentially she is some sort of assassin uh, no, no, she's she's like a woman whose husband gets killed and she's got to go and get vengeance against those that, that wronged her. The movie's horrible. The movie's not good. Then she's on TV with Camping. Camping is an HBO movie where uh, she and a couple of other people go camping and what kind of ensues from that. She does Yes Day, which is another family movie. She does The Adam, that, that's in 2021. That she does the Adam Project, which is, I mean, it's a decent movie. It's got Ryan Reynolds, and she is in that movie. It's like a space sci-fi movie. And then she does Party Down, the reboot, which is a, the original is a great one. I haven't seen the the reboot of Party Down, but she does six episodes there. And then she does the last thing he told me, which is a series on Apple TV, which I've not seen because I do not have Apple TV. So that's what she has. Upcoming, she is doing Family Leave, which is in post-production. The Brenners wake up to a full family body switch. They quickly realize the same thing has happened to a family on the other side of the world. They must unite with this group of strangers and determine how to undo the body switch. She is in that movie, and then she's got some stuff in pre-production. So look, Garner, family life, we know she's most famously married to Ben Affleck for about 10 years. He was a rebound. So she was married to Scott Foley for a little while, as I mentioned. Then she divorced his butt in 2004. Then she dated Michael Varton, her co-star from Alias. Varton Varton was with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, young Jessica Alba as well, who, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were together. Then she started dating Affleck in 2004. And they got married pretty fast. They got married pretty fast. They got married less than a year later. And then uh, they started having kids. I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, she was pregnant already when Violet was born, their eldest. And if you see a picture of Violet, who I believe now is 
18. She looks like a nerdier version of Jennifer Garner. Pretty, but right now it's kind of tall and gawky. So she was with Affleck for uh, 10 years before they filed for divorce. And the rumor has always been it's been difficult to be married to him because of his gambling and most importantly his alcohol addiction. And I've, I've talked about it here how I think Garner really shows her kind of her integrity in how they co-parent because afterwards a lot of women would just have trashed him in the media. He's an alcoholic, he's a douchebag, da da da. But she realizes this is the only father of her children and doing such a thing like parental alienation would be a wrong thing to do. So she doesn't never really say anything negative about him. She did do an article uh, for Vanity Fair somewhere where she made a comment uh, at the end of their marriage that something like being married to Ben Affleck is difficult because when he gives you the attention, you feel like you're the beginning of the, the, the center of the universe. But then when you're not, you feel really isolated. And she made some other, other digs about being with Affleck that I think in retrospect, she probably regrets saying. But either way, he was... He went to rehab, and I think it was pre-Anna de Armas, post-Lindsay Shookas from SNL, and she drove him to rehab. A lot of exes wouldn't do that. And she did that because, again, she realizes that her kids need a, a father that's healthy, and a father who's healthy is going to be a father who goes to rehab and is dealing with his addictions. And as far as I know, Affleck has been sober since that time. I could be wrong, but as far as I know... But they have excellent co-parenting from, from all indications, and that's great. And since 2018, she's been dating Johnny Miller, who is the CEO of Cali Burger. And they broke up for a little while, and then they got back together in 2021. He is younger than her by, I believe, several years, like seven or eight years. And the rumor, like the page six rumor has always been that he wants to marry her, but she is not ready for marriage or does not want to marry in general, marry him, maybe because she's been burnt by Affleck. I've told May in the episode we did, I think it was Affleck versus Damon, that I think deep down she still has feelings for Affleck. And I don't. I think it's, it's hard for her to move on. I could be completely wrong. Of course, I am just speculating uh, that at all. But in closing, Garner just seems like one of those women who is a good woman, a great mom, she has like an Instagram where she shows herself cooking and she does goofy videos and she just seems like a, a pretty pretty nice woman and she's aging well and um, I just think like at her peak she was quite attractive and I think Affleck in retrospect probably feels on one level even though he's back with the love of his life, J-Ho, that I think in time I think he's going to realize that Jennifer Garner was a good wife. And he made some comments, some flippant comments after their relationship that he felt suppressed and stifled when they were married. And that's what led him to drinking again. And I think that's just such a BS. I hate it when addicts blame other people for their issues. And again, why are you crapping on the mother of your children? I just think parental alienation going either way, woman to man or man to woman is so short-sighted. Because eventually, these kids are going to grow up and they're going to see or hear everything that you've done to crap on the on the parent. And kids need to like both parents. And typically, when you crap on one parent because you think the kid's going to like you more, 
it many times will backfire and they end up seeing that you lack integrity because you have no problems crapping on that parent. Either way, Jagar, I hope you find happiness. In terms of your career, I see you going to television and doing family-friendly stuff. I don't think you're going to be relevant in Hollywood simply because you're 51, 52, and you're going to be aged out of Hollywood like a lot of women are. But you'll definitely always have a presence, and you'll always be well-liked by the large majority of women. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Simurai. You tell me what you think of Jennifer Garner. Please rate and review on Spotify or Apple right now. It helps with the algorithm. There's a link for PayPal to make a donation. There's a link to the website that hosts all the Eclectico Gregorio feeds. So go check them out. But the best way to check them out is go to Apple or Spotify and check out all the back content. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.